to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and an energy healer. I'm joined today with Dion Johnson. The Women's Leadership Development Specialist is an ex-midwife and director in public services, where she pioneered, co-coordinated, and led special services serving highly vulnerable and marginalized client groups. Now, a multi-award winning women's champion with the repowerment of women in leadership at the heart of her mission, Dion works behind the global leadership scenes as strategic advisor and executive master coach to some of the most influential women across sectors and industries. She is challenging and changing the inner narrative about what it means to be a credible influencer in contemporary board-level leadership. Her clients are chief executives, directors, and heads across sectors because when these women truly thrive, not just act like they are thriving, so do boards and organizations, industries, and ultimately our world. Deanna was born with a pronounced facial disfigurement. Her story of unmasking is a powerful metaphor that is now captivating and inspiring leaders across the globe to show up, speak up, and shake things the hell up authentically within their sphere of influence too. She's passionate about and uniquely skilled to help women rise above professional challenges and hashtag be more influential in their roles and her new book, Influential Woman, a fresh approach to tackling inequality and leading change at work receives positive reviews from readers around the globe. Dan, welcome. So excited to be here with you, Amy. Honestly, it's my first podcast of the year and I am raring to go in this conversation. So thank you. Amazing. I love the repowerment. Is that a spin on empowerment? Yeah, you know, I was a midwife for a very long time. I That was my life before coaching. So I, I spent a lot of time with women in one of perhaps arguably one of the most womanly acts of all, being pregnant and bringing forth new life into the world. And that's where I really got to see just how powerful women are. Like I really got to see that this is not an average, mediocre type of power. We are innately powerful and so empowerment just feels like an oxymoron for me like we don't empowerment means to be giving power we don't need to give women power we need to stir the power up that we already possess and so that's why I say repowerment Ooh, I feel <laughs> that one of the things I like to say my business is unlock the magic I yeah. unlock the magic that's already in you but I love yeah. that you just brought it together you stir it up because there's so much that we've been trained or conditioned um, for so long. So it's just, it's, it's remembering who yeah. that is inside of us. Remembering and relearning and reconnecting <laughs> with and all of that good stuff. It's already there. Yeah. Oh, I have got goosebumps already. <laughs> this is amazing. For me, when I have goosebumps and I, I just got to chill, like our spirit teams are aligned and like, we're going to just roll with this. So it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So Deanne, what are some of the moves that you're excited to be making right now? Besides your book, of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing, right? Over the last 14 years, and especially over the last couple of years, I've really been doubling down on this question of who the heck am I? You know, what am I here to do? Why, why am I doing this? And one of the resounding answers that keeps coming up over and over again is that I am, Dion is, the issuer of the call, the issuer of the call. Now, this is a term that's just landed in my spirit and it feels so aligned with who I am. And so I've got a true conviction that our world will be changed by women who hear mm -hmm. this call, 
and answer this call and do the work to be a new kind of powerful in board level leadership. And so I'm beyond excited. I'm not merely excited. I am enthusiastic. I am fired up and passionate about issuing this call to CEOs and to directors and to heads and experts and specialists in the professional space who really want to be part of the conversations that are happening in high-level leadership, who are really wanting to be part of the conversations that are shaping culture and discussing policy and setting priorities and interpreting data and making important decisions that affect real people's lives and future generations. And so that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about issuing the call to this whole new level of powerful leadership. Wow. That's something that really lands with me because something I talk about a lot is that the divine feminine is calling us, us being humanity in this space and time right now that for me, and what you said was spot on, the shift that we're feeling as a humanity is the shift of ushering back in the divine feminine after being exiled for thousands of years and living only and operating only in the masculine. Now, when I say that, I never suggest that masculine is bad, except toxic masculinity is problematic for everyone. When you say answering the call, yeah, I have had already, and what day it's January 10th, I've already had literally countless conversations with women who to them, they kind of woke up in like the past month or two. And they're like, wait, suddenly nothing around me feels kind of familiar or safe or like good. And I need to change that. And I don't know why, but I'm going to follow this thread. And I was like, you're answering the call. And it's it's because I'm not trying to like woo woo everybody, but there is, there is a larger energetic thing happening worldwide to ask us to step into our light, into our power. And to your point, it is the women that are going to guide us into this space of creating that balance between the divine masculine and divine feminine that we so all desperately are wanting, needing, and to thrive back to your point about thriving into the next level. I'll pause there because I see you really excited. You know, I I think this is so powerful because when you say divine feminine, you know, I feel like it's semantics. What we're really talking about here is feminine leadership. And feminine leadership is a thing that can happen in men and in women. Like, so it's not a gender thing. It's a, it's a, it's a men and women. But I believe that women are the divine stewards of feminine leadership and that we teach the world how to flow in that type of energy. We teach the world, we teach children and other human beings how to flow in that so we are stewards of this thing and so that's that you're absolutely right we have been functioning on masculine energy men and women have been functioning on this masculine way of leading our lives leading our affairs and we're burning out i heard this really powerful cherokee prophecy about these times and seasons and it said that Humanity is like a bird flying, trying to advance forward and progress, but it's flying only on one wing called the masculine. And it's flapping and flapping and flapping this masculine wing and getting really worn out and really getting burnt out trying to just 
advance with one wing. But the season that we're in, says this prophecy, is a time when this other wing, this other wing called the feminine, extends itself and allows this bird of humanity to take the pressure off the masculine and fly in advance and actually start to make forward progression. So whether you are, like me, a Jesus-loving Christian, or you are an astrologer or an astronomer, or you ha- are a fairy, f- whatever, whatever your belief <laughs> system, all of us are sensing that it is time for this other wing to extend, this other wing called feminine leadership, the feminine to extend itself so that we can, as humanity, as a as a people, as one people, advance and move forward elegantly into the future that we want to create. Right. I love that you said it's extending out because a lot of times too, when I talk about this, there could be a feeling that men... Can, and to your point, I love what you said about it's not tied to gender. It has nothing to do with that. Both men and women have been trained by, harmed by, operate in, and perpetuate. Yes. It's all called the patriarchy. It's really, it's the suggestion that one way is the right way. And that's what we're helping, especially through the divine feminine or feminine leadership. We're yeah. bringing the idea that that balance, again, I love the bird, like yeah. the the balance of being able to harness both because I believe in my, and and to your point about God, source, universe, creator, whomever, whomever you align your highest self to, when you tap into that, you start seeing the need for this balance and not to be skewed in one way or the other. Because by the way, if we were only in the feminine, that would be its own challenges, right? So it's the true balance from both. And so What's really gorgeous, and I I think you know this about me, but I've spent 20 years in corporate space, corporate executive as of uh, a little bit more than a year ago. And now when I talk to some of my former peers, I'll talk about the divine feminine and they're like, we don't have time for that to sit around and on the floor and sing songs. I'm like, what about what I I just said suggested that we were going to sit on the floor and sing songs? That just goes to show the misunderstanding of the power of the feminine. And, and, you know, I hear it all the time. It feels like it sounds like it conjures up the the thoughts of woo-woo and singing kumbaya and barefoot in the kitchen. Like, you know, it really conjures that up. And I hear people saying, you know, we need to grow some balls to go out into the marketplace and make it. Well, you know, I'm... I've been a midwife a long time, the decades I spent in the labor room and alongside women. I can tell you that there is no such thing as tough balls. (laughs) Balls are not tough. In fact, they're probably some of the most sensitive areas of the human anatomy that you can even think of. Like women are made of strong stuff. Feminine leadership is powerful. And I feel like that's part of the mission that you and I are on is to really clear up this misconception that the feminine is weak and you know like wallflowerish and kind of faints at the thought of anything mildly <laughs> stressful no the feminine is a force to be reckoned with and I'll always say I'm like don't grow balls grow some ovaries yeah, uh, right you know what's interesting is the way that I, at the highest level, highest, most simplistic levels, they're like, Amy, what are you talking about with divine feminine, divine masculine? Okay. I was like, I was like, okay, so here's, here's what I think about the divine feminine ushers in feeling, trusting, flowing, believing. And the reason that's so powerful is that the flowing, believing, trusting, and knowing when you're in the divine feminine is knowing that there is so much more bigger than you as this human on this plane. 
that is divine and that is charting and that's guiding us. That's yeah, and it's wise and it's wise. When you yes, and when you say when you say that power, and so so well, I'll come back to that. So then in the divine masculine, it's the it's the doing, it's the action, it's the task, it's the checking boxes. So that's more in like the, what we can see, feel, and touch. And it's gotten us into this place where we're only doing. And, and again, in the divine feminine, if you stay in the divine feminine, you're, you're, you're really in a sense of being, but then, well, not, but, and, and it could get you into a place where you're only feeling and being and not like doing. So it's again, that balance. Yeah. I like to think of it like, I I like to think of it like if you're building a house, you know, like if you're building a house, you need straight lines, you need cement, you need bricks, you need trucks, you need hammers, you need tools, right? You need, you need structure, you need timelines, you need project management, you need all of this stuff. But if you want to build a home, you need something else. You need heart, soul, listening, love compassion, understanding, tolerance, you need connection, you need, you need vulnerability, you need relationship, you see, they're different things, they're different sides of building, like they, we we need both. And both important, yeah, both important. Both important, yeah. What's in my mind right now is that there are people trying to build a home, Let's put it in the context of work. People trying to build um, harmonious workplaces, workplaces that are inclusive, but they're trying to do it with masculine leadership. And that doesn't help. It doesn't work. It doesn't go. Like when we're trying to build something of this higher nature with purely imbalanced masculine leadership, it doesn't result. The results do not flourish. And that's exactly why I feel DEI has come under fire because it was still, let me not broad stroke something, but in large part, it was designed in the masculine. And so, and then, and then those amazing leaders that came in that are true DEI practitioners, they came in and they were never going to be able to flourish and grow and fly because they were still dictated by the masculine. Yeah. Yeah. And and to your point about bringing it into the corporate space, which is something I I really want to ask you about next. I always say I felt the divine feminine call years ago and I was trying to bring it in. It's suggesting, especially in the workplace, you can make money and advance technology and innovate and care about, genuinely care about the humanity around you in that moment like let's put us in real time let's say this morning it's 8 56 let's say something's due at 9 a.m that in and of itself negates the space needed to maybe bring in that humanity like having a few minutes to be like how's your morning going how are you how's your heart what's going on no it's something's due at nine let's put everything on the shelf and let's do So I know where it comes from. I know why it's just helping like you helping dismantle that or, or rather usher back in the balance. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing when I was reading your bio, something that really came in for me is that while the shift is happening, it's happening fast. There are still women in those leadership roles that 
really want to do the things that you and I are talking about. Yes. And okay, now it's 8.57. Again, she's going into her 9 a.m. meeting and there is literally no space or room for her to bring in her divine feminine. What do you think about that? And what do you say to the women you serve or that you, that are your clients that are, that, that, that they don't know how to do that right away? They want to. Yeah. I think that what we need to do is bring it back a bit and just start to think about the overall context that we're, that we're leading in. Right. So if we think about the state of, of the marketplace, workplaces, businesses right now, we need to look at this from two kind of perspectives. One is the context for women, how women are faring in the workplace. And the other thing that the other way that we need to look at it is the state of the, the workplace, the state of what we're leading in, right? And so the good news is that women are leading in high level leadership and in leadership. So it's not unusual to see women in the workplace. It's not unusual to see women in leadership now. It's not even unusual to see women who are heads of multinational organizations or even states, right? So it's not unusual. I know that's still slow and that there's still a long way to go, but we're we're there. We've made our way into this room and many are thriving in this space. But for so many of us, the experience of leadership is energetically expensive and it's damaging and it's not serving our well-being. And we're having to deal with a system that was created in a whole different time before women got there. So we're dealing with things like the normal things we talk about right now are things like pay gaps. We talk about work-life pressure and the work-life balance and the new demands in leadership. We talk about professional pushbacks and prejudice. We talk about politics and the isms and the schisms. We all like you're not doing we all know about all this stuff, right? But what I've seen is that there are big fat blocks in the way of us doing the job that we signed up to do. So oftentimes we go into work and we go into leadership with a desire to really change our world, to make a difference to people and to the planet and to future generations. And these blocks are external, but they're also internal. So we should consider the state of this context for board level leadership right now because boards have been the same for century and leadership has been the same for century just really focused on working for shareholders really focused on profit really focused on power and competitive edge and over the last few years since the pandemic there's been this loud global call for real shifts like it's a new season in marketplace operations it's a new day in business leadership and so businesses are now at this time in history being called to expand its priorities and expand its business and value systems and that's exactly what women want to get involved with we want to shift things from purely being profitable to being profitable and being people-centric and society-centric and doing good in the world for future generations and the planet-centric. We want we want business to be both profitable and helpful to people. But this is proving harder than we imagine. So all of our mission statements say the same thing. We want business to be good for people and the planet and future generations, but it's much harder than we've imagined. So... In effect, what we have is a profit-driven operation. And at the coal face, we have a semblance of working for society and for people and future generations. We know what the main thing is. 
that even though the mission statement says one thing, we know what the main thing is, that when we work in the, the workplace as it is right now, we know that it's all about the money. We know that it's all about the power. There's this difference between what we say we want and what we actually show up as. And in the context of leadership right now, this is the backdrop for what women are dealing with, that we're there to create this change, but the organisation, the industry, the field that we're in is resistant tacitly to the change. And this is what I really want us to understand as the context that we're working in right now. Right, right. And so what ends up happening, in my experience, based on the conversations I've been having, is that women are exiting the workforce and starting their own businesses or doing something different to be able to help other women. And it's just kind of this chain reaction. And what if literally all the women left the workplace and started their own businesses? So what I think is that we need this new type of powerful leadership. That full stop, we need right now, we've been talking about it on this call, we need a new powerful type of leadership. And sometimes when women are in that situation, in the corporate space, and they're feeling like it's like, I can feel the pressure, I can feel the pushbacks, I need to, like, I'm burning out, I'm dying here, I need to get out. And so they get out. What doesn't happen in that scenario is that women don't get to see how they contributed to their experience in that space. So they leave because they feel like they've been a victim of the system. They feel like they've been overpowered by the system. They've been beat down by the system and they have to leave out now to go and do something where they're, where everything will be right and they'll be able to change the world and it will all be wonderful. But the problem with that is the way that they were co-creating their experience in that workplace or in that corporate space hasn't been shifted. So when they come out of here with no framework and no infrastructure trying to develop this business and they encounter some of the same issues and they respond to the same issues in exactly the same way to co-create a failing business. And so what we see, the evidence backs it up. So what we see is that largely women leave that place they go to start the businesses up they try really hard they something's not working they can't seem to get this business off the ground it's not working they, they're poor they're using that little savings it all goes to pot and then they have to find their way sheepishly back to the corporate space and get a job often much lower in rank than when they were in there in the first place now this doesn't happen for this is not everybody's story right some people leave they set up businesses and they run with it and they thrive right but but what my my main point here is that we are co-creating our experiences all the time. I feel like we have to get out of this we are victims mentality. Now it's true that the marketplace isn't really set up for us as women. It wasn't made by us. It wasn't made for us. There are external forces coming against us in leadership right now. But we're co-creating that. And there are internal things happening inside of women and in leadership that we need to talk about. Things like, I call it an identity crisis, really not disconnected from that sense of being a powerful creator of our experience with agency, being authorized to say how things are. So what's happening is as I do my work, is that I'm having conversations with these women who are either left or wanting to leave or struggling somehow in situ. And the overall sense is that beneath the tough exterior and the real and the sense of power is a disempowerment. 
is a, a feeling like I am a victim here. It's too much for me. I'm not the woman for the job. I'm an imposter. Like these thoughts are really real in strong, powerful women. And what we do in my work is we get to deal with them. We get to extract, expose the big, fat, dirty lies fix those issues and help women to find the truth, find their power, own their authority and step back up and then start to co-create their experience in those places, in corporate spaces. Now, this is work that is not for the faint hearted because those external factors that we've been talking about, they're not a figment of our imagination. They're real. Like there is all the stuff, all the things, right? The misogyny, the prejudice, the mm. pushbacks, the narcissism, the toxic masculinity, that all of that we're dealing with for real. We're definitely dealing with those. But what if, what if that stuff didn't have to kill us or run us out of our position? What if we could do some work to stand flat-footed and do what we came there to do? lead important meaningful change now this is an idea that really lights me up and i think it's possible you know because i have seen the power of humanity i've heard this quote about there's nothing more powerful than a woman with her mind made up like what if women got to see that i listen i'm a woman and i care about the state of my world i care about the world that my children are growing up in i care about future generations of leaders and i realize that if i walk away from this place that's having such an impact on my society such an impact on my world that will be a place that's missing my influence that will be a place that's missing my voice so I'm going to find a way to not be beat up by the external things, but to influence it. Not be impacted so negatively by what's going on there, but to be the impactor of it. Now, this idea really excites me. When you say, what if? Yeah. I genuinely know that is what all of us do want. And for me and my work, there's a really big and. Yes which is I guide women who have been in those situations where, because I, I hear what you're saying, which is what if we could stand in our power? Well, yes, absolutely. That's the 1000% goal. Yeah. And I also talk with women who have been so beaten down yeah. that it's like mustering up that power, that standing yeah. in the power. It's not a thing into the tune of, it's not just that they're leaving the workplace, they're leaving this earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I know that we will get to where you're talking about, which is we will be able to remain in society, in the workplace and stand in our power. And to this point, that has in many cases not been an option because your personal well-being, your personal life is more important in that moment than to keep enduring so it's it's an and it's not like one of the other. it's yeah. it's an and it's like yes and yeah. well let me tell you like no one like, this is not an advocacy for you to be soldiering on no matter what with grit like right I think that what's happening like when when you're down you're down 
You need to not be soldiering on, not give a shit about saving the world. Yeah. Like you need to save yourself right yes. now. And yes. and and this, I've seen it. I've seen those martyrs who will soldier on regardless of what, and they're dying. Their families dying. Their marriages are dying. Their money life's dying. Everything's dying. But this is not what we're talking about here. And I know it's possible, right? I, do too. I know it's possible. That's like, not just possible. I know it's our call right now. Yeah. I know it's the call I mean, on us to find a way to not get beat down and die, yeah. but to enter into those spaces in our power to, with mm-hmm. very clear understanding of why we're there, what is, what we're walking into, because it is true that that place was not built for us, but that it is impacting our world negatively. It was not built for us, but it is impacting our world, our futures, our children's inheritance negatively. And so what if we entered into those spaces with that in mind? Mm-hmm. And as this morning, I were journaling and I wrote something that I really want to share with you because I know that time is going. And I just want to read it with you. It's about my ambition. It's about my ambition for this work. And I say this, my ambition is to help a million women be flat footed and fully facing forward and progressing on their own authentic path to powerful leadership. No longer questioning our worth or our authority to command and contribute to the shape of our world. We are becoming increasingly comfortable in our own skin and no longer unsure about whether or not we are powerful. We are clear about who we are, what we bring and why we're here. We are free from the pull of professional drama. We don't feel obliged to get caught up in the noise, the confusion, the people, the arguments that just don't matter to our mission. We are consciously and unashamedly mission-minded, pursuing a professional life that fills us up and ignites our soul and pays us for what we are due. We are fully persuaded that our work is our way of changing our world. Our work goes beyond our job title, way beyond the firm that we work for, because we're alive to the meaning of what we are here to do, and we'll do it regardless of who writes the paycheck. We see ourselves as overseers, watch women, looking out for the well-being of ourselves first, and then society and nations and our world. We are women who understand that people matter, that the planet matters, and that future generations matter today. These considerations unapologetically impact our leadership right now. And my ambition is the rising of a new kind of powerful leader that shows other leaders the way and that is genuine and fierce in the pursuit of a world that works for us all. I wrote that this morning and it flowed out of my heart. Because let me tell you, I know that we're powerful. But what's happening is that we're going into these spaces that are by design hostile to feminine leadership and because we haven't gone in with the mindset that that's the way that it is and that's my assignment my assignment is to turn the tide on that instead we just get beat down by it and I just have this dream that we don't have to be beat down by it we can create community we can create a strong sense of self and purpose around this we can create the support we can do the work 
to handle our stuff. You know, as I begin to prepare for this work, I realized I had all kinds of identity crisis. I'm a black woman in a white man's world. I'm facially disfigured in a beauty obsessed world. I'm a woman of faith in a religion phobic secular world. Everything about me was just wrong when it came to influencing my environment. I had to do the work to say, no, 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 that's what makes it right. That's what makes me right. I had to do that work, that's work. And so, yeah, I imagine I really want to reiterate that I am not undermining the experience because I have, I too am coming out of this space where I experience all the stuff that made me feel small, that made me play small, that made me, that, that brought me to breakdown and burnout. But I don't think it has to be this way. And, and actually, it can't stay this way for us because we're the hope. Yeah. We're the ones who are going to change things. So we've got to find a different way to enter that space. We've got to find a different mindset to enter that space. We've got to find a different way to stay the course and do what we're there to do. And I believe that we do that together as women. We do that by investing heavily in the best support that we can afford. We take ourselves seriously as world-changing women because that's what we are when we enter leadership in the corporate space. And I have to say that there has to be some degree of understanding that that is what she's there to do by the people that are currently in place. I don't mean to unravel and go back or repeat, but there's also, it's all of what you just said and be some level of understanding that she's there to do that. Otherwise, well, you know what? If you take any mission statement off the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> any. <laughs> if you take any, I mean, I don't care which organization or which sector, you take any mission statement off the shelf and it will tell you that this is what they say they want. I say to women, my leaders, the ones that I'm working with and, and I'm in partnership with, I say, don't make it about John or Tim. Make it about the mission. Mm. Stay mission said Drag not Dion's mission or my personal mission. No, grab their mission off the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Bring it with you to the board meeting like- and talk like a professional. Talk like an expert in your field and talk like a we, not I think. Talk about we. Like so I say to my to my leaders, you say you have an idea that we're going the wrong way, that we need a different type of leadership, that we need to be doing this differently or that differently, because we're not going to achieve our mission like this. Now that's a business argument. Yeah. Then now what we have to do now, part of the work for us as women leading in this in this new way is creating the business argument for what we want to see come to pass, for for what in our expert opinion needs to happen here. Now, this is a new, this is, this is going to take work. It's about preparing your message. It's about sharpening and organizing your ideas. This is exactly what the work that, that I'm undergoing with my clients right now. And I'm telling you, it is powerful because it's felt like 
it's felt like we're trying to make something happen that we're trying to convince people that like this is saying isn't there you can bring a horse to water but you can't make it drink and I had this coach a uh, years ago years ago who told me that you can make the horse drink if you ram dirt if you take it to the water ram dirt into its mouth and it will naturally bend down and want to drink the water to clean the mouth up but, but who wants to be ramming stuff down people's throats right we don't want to be doing that but Honestly, especially in the last couple of years since the pandemic, in the in the bid to build back better and in the bid to, you know, to a new normal, like this is what we wrote on the mission statements. Like you don't have to persuade anyone. Like you don't have to persuade anyone because they wrote it down. <laughs> right. That's I, So I love what you're getting into now because that's the how. Because yeah. so many, so many stories, endless amounts of stories where women will go in and they will talk about the change and then they get shut down. You're yeah. suggesting, no, stand in your power, bring the mission statement, print it out if you need to, bring it up on the big screen yeah. and say, no, but this is what I'm talking about. You want this too, right? Yeah. Go, right? Shouted down. Like, you know, that shouted down that you're talking about? It's very professional shouting down. Right, so right, exactly. Make you look, yeah, so it's not like, it's not, you can't take them to court for bullying, but there is this violence. It's violence that women come up against right. with the shouting down. And that's the other part of the work. That's the other part of the work, you see. That is like, that is like learning to fight like a professional, learn to fight like an expert. That is, that is, it doesn't get inside of you. Like, you know, um, somebody said to me once, the thing about a ship is it works well until you let the water inside it. Like if you start to let that inside, then it starts to sink. So what would you do now? There is going to be, like I'm telling you, for any woman who's listening to this thinking, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, start to, to walk like this. There's going to be shouting down. But you've got to have the kind of veneer that doesn't let the water in. You've got to build up the the support and the under the thought life and the belief system and the and the awareness that allows you to be in the arena and yet you're going to get your ass whooped but you need to create systems your own systems right now women are crying because they want that same organization to be their support no that does not work you're there to influence it like it's not there to take care of you. You're there to influence it. And so that's a different mindset. Now you can begin to prepare for that in completely different ways. And it has to happen. You can't be doing this work when you're already on your knees. You can't be doing this work. So anybody here listening who is burnt out or broken down or struggling under the pressure, buckling under the weight of it all. Now, this is not, I'm not talking to you. Your job is to go get well. So whatever you have to do, if you have to leave that job, go off sick, go part time. I don't care what you have to do. Your job is to get well. Your job is to, uh, to pull yourself away, find the, the most loving environment that you can find yourself to be in. Get yourself in there and heal. Get yourself in there and have people speak well life into you. Get yourself into that loving cocoon and be bound up, be be bandaged, be be massaged, be kissed, be held, be sorted out. Get well. I'm not talking to you right now about the battlefield. You don't belong on the battlefield. But the marketplace is a battlefield for those who will answer the call. And it is a battlefield that is asking us to go in like overseers and 
like like appointed stewards who say, not on my watch, where they see injustice, where they see things not going in the direction of the future that we say we want, they will professionally call it out. I am so convinced. I'm fully persuaded that we have what it takes to be this type of leader. I almost see it like royal, like sovereign, like um, like queendom. I said, I hate what we've done with the word queen right now. I hate that we feel that everybody and their dog is a queen. Like, I hate that. So I'm calling it powerful leadership. And I'm hoping that you can hear my conviction of the level of leadership that I feel like we are being called into as women who care about the future of our planet. We cannot affect that without affecting what's happening in the marketplace right now. I give space and honor the passion that we have created in this hour. It's so powerful. And just imagine as we share it with the world, how many other women can feel the same. Deanne, where do we find you? So in social media land, I hang out on LinkedIn <laughs> and that's probably the best place to find me because we can just have instant conversation then. I, uh, by accident, deleted my website, but it's going back up in the next few days. It will be dionjohnson.com. So an email is connect at dionjohnson.com. I really love real connection and I love conversations. So I really hope that people will really get in touch for real and not just watch. <laughs> Closing remarks as we wrap up. It's our time. The whole world is waiting for us to come into an understanding of who we are as women. And that means you. That means the whole world is waiting on you to come into an understanding of the power that you possess to call for the change that you know is fitting for our children and our children's children. It's time. Thank you, Dion. Thank you so much, Amy.